George Mikan is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But no one on planet Earth knows anything about George Mikan, so what does him being a Hall of Famer even mean? Are you certain that George Mikan is real? George Mikan highlights look like they got played between cigarette commercials and old racist cartoons. Did you know George Mikan played professional basketball for a team called the Chicago American Gears, who won the NBL championship and then immediately went bankrupt and folded? Of course you didn't. Remember my thesis statement. Nobody knows anything about George Mikan, and that's just fine. But I do know everything about the time Allen Iverson stepped over Tyron Lue, and I know everything about the time that Vince Carter jumped over that French dude, and I know everything about the time that Marshawn Lynch ran over the entire Saints defense and made an earthquake. Those are some of the best moments in sports history, and that's what First Ballot is, a podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter the moments we really care about and decides whether to induct them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. Today, for the premiere episode of First Ballot. Damien will bring it up the floor last with 14. Shot. You want the last shot. Damien clears midcourt, he's got 11. Tied at 115, crowd rising to the feet. George will defend Lillard, spread floor. Lillard with 47 tonight. Working it down to two to one, a deep three. Oh! What? Blazers win the series, a walk-off three from Lillard! Welcome to First Ballot. I'm your host. My name is Neil. I am the long-lost Gasol brother, your dork Nowitzki, and the inventor of the Stella Doro Swiss Fudge Cookie. Thank you for listening to the pod. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I may not be the biggest Lakers fan, but I am the best Lakers fan. Each week on First Ballot, we will remember a great sports moment and decide whether to induct it into our First Ballot Hall of Fame. Today, we're discussing the Damian Lillard wave with our guest, the godfather of NBA Twitter, Mr. Dragonfly Jones. But first, to appreciate the Dame Lillard wave, we must understand the wave. So let's tell the story. The wave happened on April 23rd, 2019, but it all started in January of 2018. Oklahoma City's Russell Westbrook was asked about then-teammate Paul George not making the All-Star team. I think it's just outrageous in my opinion. I think, I don't know who else made the team, but I know guys, you know, complaining about getting snubbed until they get in. Now, who could Russ be talking about? Let me tell you. It's Damian Lillard. How do I know? In 2015, Dame thought he got snubbed from the team and posted about it on Instagram. Quote, I'm definitely going to take it personally. I just see it as disrespectful, unquote. In 2017, Dame got snubbed again and told a reporter, quote, just because I didn't get picked doesn't mean I'm not an all-star, unquote. Sir, that is something your mother whispers into your ear. Just before the all-stars were announced in 2018, Lillard told Chris Haynes, quote, I think I've gotten over the emotional part of it the last few times I didn't make it. Now I'm kind of like expecting it to go that way, unquote. Classic defense mechanism. That's like Scottie Pippen, Mike Jordan on Tony Kukoc defense right there. So listen, Russ was talking about Dame, and Dame thinks so too. When asked for a response, Dame called Russ's comments, quote, 
disappointing. Rob, my editor, please play that biggie clip. What's beef? Beef is when you need two cats to go to sleep. Beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets. Jumping to January 2019, Blazers regular season game in OKC, the Thunder are up 10 with a minute and change and cameras caught Russ telling Dame he's been, quote, busting that ass for years. For years. Of course, that went viral. And in the three previous games against Portland, Westbrook did have 42, 45, and 58 points. That night, Lillard posted a picture of him guarding Westbrook on Instagram and captured it. Warfare. Rob Biggie. What's beef? Beef is when you need to now it's the 2019 NBA Western Conference playoffs round one Thunder versus Blazers. How does Dame open up game one? With a 35 footer. Lillard way outside, knocks down a first three. How about that from long range to start a game? Portland goes on to win 104 to 99. Game two, second quarter. OKC is up seven when Dame and Russ get into a shoving match. In he comes, double teamed by Damon CJ. He sprawls to the floor. He, I think, is trying to oh, call that's a timeout. Now he and Dame get tangled up, and now they converge in the corner as players spill over there toward the action. Lillard trying to pry himself free from Adams, and the officials get in between the players. The Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard saga continues. The basketball water is starting to boil. Game two, third quarter. Lillard's defense forces Russ into a bad shot, and now Dame, who's usually reserved on court, starts flexing and clapping his hands. Back and down on Damian. Stripped again. Ball comes free, but Westbrook recovers. No change on the shot clock. Ten to shoot. Westbrook will. A three is in and out. Oh, look at Dame. You rarely see him show that emotion right there. Dame then, of course, walks the ball down court and buries a 30-footer in Russ's face. Wow, oh my goodness. <laughs> Lillard does a great job. Look at him, look at him. He's pumped up, he stops Russell Westbrook, and he comes down, and now he's feeling good about his D, and stops from 38, <laughs> and drops it, and what does he say? Bombs away. Portland goes up two games to zero in the series. Now, game three is a free-for-all in OKC. Everybody's talking all game long, and it starts when Russ gets a big, violent chase down block on Lillard and lets everybody know about it. Lillard blocked from behind by Westbrook. The two of them joying at each other. Later, Russ scores and starts rocking the baby. Taking advantage of the smaller Damian Lillard. No help. Gets the contact and the basket and the signature. Rocking the baby to sleep. Says you're too small. Even Dennis Schroeder was rocking a little German baby on the sidelines. Lillard told reporter Chris Haynes, quote, he was doing that on jump shots. That's not when you're supposed to rock the baby. He wasn't rocking no baby on me. Okay. The Thunder are winning and Westbrook is playing well. So now Russ is talking that big full res Samsung QLED 8K bullshit. I, I love the chatter. Westbrook out on the perimeter. Big watch by Lillard. Westbrook heaves score. The talking really commences. Late in the fourth, Lillard misses a free throw, and Dennis Schroeder walks up behind him and taps his wrist, mocking Lillard's Dame Time celebration. Did you notice Dennis Schroeder tapping his wrist uh, in the fourth quarter? And, and if so, what did you think of it? Yeah, I did see it. Um, I thought it was kind of funny, you know, that um, he waited so late in the game when he knew that it was, you know, the game was decided to do it. 
Um, and he also hadn't done that. He hadn't pulled that out the first two games. So uh, I thought that was interesting. The series is now 2-1, and these two were built in a lab to piss each other off. It's perfect. Game four in OKC, Portland wins every quarter and the game. Chris Haynes reports Lillard watched clips of Russ switching on defense and said, quote, stop running from this ass whooping. Now, here we are, scene of the crime, game five. OKC is up eight at the end of the first, but Portland comes back and is up one at the half. With three minutes left in the third quarter, Portland has a nine-point lead. But OKC goes on a 30-6 run, including 10 points from Russell Westbrook. Nine-point lead with three and a half to go in the third. And now Westbrook feeling it. He rattled home a three, went for a layup, now hits another three. With 7.30 left in the fourth, the Thunder lead by 15. But Portland and Dame aren't finished. Westbrook will fire. In and out, Lord with the board. Portland has been content to let Westbrook shoot those jumpers. Lillard for three. Damian Lillard, three-pointer number nine. Blazers only down eight with three minutes left. Lillard with 45. Westbrook trying to answer, and he does. Russell Westbrook, big shot again to quiet down this crowd. Back and forth we go. Later, Blazers down six. Both teams in a penalty. Westbrook all the way in. Wild shot. Dame draws the charge, and two CJ McCollum jumpers later ties the game with 57 seconds left. Blazers fans are going crazy, but Russell Westbrook assists teammate Paul George. Westbrook gets it to George. George will fill the mid range. And he hits it, and the Thunder regain the lead. And Terry. 39 seconds left. Lillard drives to the basket. Here comes Damian Lillard on the take, spins it out the window, and we are tied again. What a finish by Lillard. Damian Lillard ties the game 115-115, and now it's Russell Westbrook's turn. He brings the ball up court, and OKC clears out. Westbrook takes out Aminu, Westbrook, no, and it's Aminu with the rebound. Aminu hands the ball to Damian Lillard. Portland doesn't call timeout, 15 seconds left. Russ has the opportunity to guard Dame, but Paul George picks him up instead. Lillard, a chance to send the Thunder home. Lillard, long range three. What you cannot hear is that after he made the shot, Damian Lillard turned back to the Oklahoma City bench and waved goodbye. The Damian Lillard wave is one of the best moments in NBA history, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today, and here to do it with me is my favorite Twitter account of all time, (laughs) and as far as I'm concerned, the best person to ever do Twitter He's also one-third of the Jenkins and Jones podcast on the Volume Network. It's the mighty, mighty Dragonfly Jones. Thank you so much for being on the show. My man, my man, appreciate you having me. You are far too kind. I need to I need to have you walk around with me everywhere and just like introduce <laughs> me. Like when I walk into a Wendy's and shit, you just like, you know, <laughs> you know, you you prop me up like that, man. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm really uh, happy to have you on the show and have you be the first guest on the show. It's an honor. I appreciate it so much. For sure. Uh, I'm a massive fan. 
Tell me how you got started on Twitter. Like wh- when you when you signed up for an account, what were you thinking? How did Twitter start for you? It's it's wild because I've always said that <laughs> that I owe being on Twitter to fucking to to, to Wale to the to the rapper yeah. Wale. I was I was um a huge Wale fan, still am. Love his music, and I was um you know I was you know following him on MySpace, and he was like you know hop on Twitter because this is where <laughs> this is where I'm dropping the link for my new mixtape. The mixtape <laughs> was um Back to the Feature 2009. So yeah, I joined Twitter to, for a Wale mixtape, and here I am, fucking 250 thousand followers later. Never would have <laughs> predicted this shit unbelievable you've since used twitter to launch the show jenkins and jones on the volume network tell me about using being somewhat being a personality on twitter and then parlaying that into a successful podcast and show yes sir so um you know me and my boys john we started the pod because you know that's that's my real life homie been my homie since shit like 2010 he's like my first real twitter friend i made Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we're real life friends to this day 12 years later we started um you know just shooting the shit man back in like 2015 i think it was summer 2015 was when we kicked off and you know started shooting the shit then you know the homie mike gardabasio the fucking mayor of long beach shout (laughs) to mike um he hopped on and and just brought like you know the whole the whole like I always say Mike is like our quarterback. Like he's the right. guy, you know, reading the, the 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 audibles and telling us, you know, what plays around and kind of directing the conversation. He's fucking value super valuable to, to the pod. And more than that, he's the homie. You know, he's a real life friend too. So, you know, we started talking shit. You know, we um and, and then, you know, big money bags Colin Cowherd came calling in. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, here we are, you know, as on the volume network, you know, officially monetized out this motherfucker. So it's amazing. Thought? It's amazing that you used an online social media account and parlayed it into a real money-making venture. You're really doing it. I appreciate it. Yeah, Fantastic. Congratulations. Sure. Thank you, man. Dragonfly, let's table set for a moment. I need your favorite sport, your favorite team, and your favorite athlete. Okay. Favorite sport, of course, is basketball. Uh, my favorite team. I A lifetime ago, I was a Knicks fan. Um, you were. Yeah, I was a Knicks fan a lifetime ago, and I just gave that shit up, man. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Dolan. If if Dolan, you know, gets up out of there, I might come back. But yeah, you know. So, so that was the team I grew up on. I grew up on, you know, the the the, the mid late nineties Knicks. Right. You know the fuck the Charles Smith, Starks. Anthony Mason, the Starks, the unit. Right. The 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 New York version of the Bad Boys and shit. So. Right. So, yeah, so that was the team that I grew up on. Um, of course, everybody knows LeBron is my favorite player. Um, he is, you know, the GOAT in my book. So, you know, go and, go and do, do a bit of some 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 rough times with this 2021-2022 season. But Bron still got it. We just got to get the right pieces around him. So we'll see what happens next season. I enjoyed your Twitter stream uh, before LeBron was on the Lakers. But when <laughs> LeBron joined the Lakers, when he joined my team and you started rooting for a player on my team mm-hmm. and talking shit about the Lakers opponents, that's when I really fell in love with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of people are Laker haters, and I get that because, you know, with, with greatness comes hate. I was never a Lakers hater. You know, I, I I loved Magic. I loved, you know, Kobe and Shaq, so I could never have it in me to hate the Lakers. So, you know, Bron came on board. It wasn't like, you know, he joined the Pacers or some shit. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was cool with hopping on board there, too. So, yeah. It's time to start judging the Damian Lillard wave. Does this thing make the first ballot Hall of Fame now Dragonfly? This is not a joke. This is not a goofy – like, you're very funny. I brought you on here to be funny. But this this Hall of Fame is no joke. This is a very serious thing. Are you prepared to judge this moment seriously? Yes, let's talk about it. Okay, I was good. born ready. Good. We have to go through our first ballot Hall of Fame credentials. The Hall of Fame credentials are the categories by which we judge our moment. 
The first credential is analytics. People love stats these days. They can't get enough stats. Social media driven by stats. These are the stats behind the Damian Lillard wave. He finished with 50 points Mm. on 17 of 33 shooting. 52% from the field. Ridiculous. 10 of 18, 56% from three. Six of eight from the line, seven boards, six assists, three steals, a block, a get the fuck out of here to Russell. (laughs) Take that with you to Paul George. Truly the numbers behind this paint a real picture, do they not? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, an an all-time playoff game performance, but, you know, we're here to kind of talk about the – the wider aspect of it, you know, the the, the fallout, the the ripples in, in the pond that this set off. And that's the, the interesting conversation to have here, I think. And that's why I think for sure this is a first ballot Hall of Fame moment. To me, I, I think when I think about this moment, I immediately picture the wave. I picture that yeah. deep shot, the wave. 2019, we're only a couple years removed. But I always, always, always forget that he had 50 points in that mm-hmm. game. And as you're trying to decide how great a moment is, when this when there are real stats there to back it up, I feel like that takes it to another level. Fifty points. For sure. For sure. For sure. Like, you know, I think that is Dame's defining moment of his career. Agreed. It's it's the wave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's 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 the wave after he hit that game winner, that series winner, you know, the shot that basically, you know, blew the the Oklahoma City Thunder up. Um, yeah, so yeah, that is for sure the thing that I think about first and foremost when I think of Damon. And like you mentioned, you know, that ridiculous box score is as absurd as it is, it, it still kind of gets lost in the shuffle because that wave and that, yeah, I told y'all motherfuckers' face is just so <laughs> badass. It was such a moment, man. It really was. Uh, f- 50 point games, they ca- people start calling them 50 burgers. When did that happen and do you like it? I don't like it. You don't like it. I like it. I like it. I feel like 50 burger is for sure. <laughs> The I hear I hear fifty burger a lot. I hear forty burgers sometimes. You never hear thirty burger. I feel like it's, it's <laughs> only from four and forty on up. You know what I mean? And you don't hear sixty burger either. Really? No. Right? It feels like it feels like it's a weird space in between forties and fifties only. It's and it's only forty and fifty. It's not like a forty-two burger or forty-five burger. Yeah. It's a forty or fifty burger. I don't know when it started, but it's like a thing now. I've seen like fifty and then like the you know the emoji for the mm. hamburger. Uh, I don't know when that started. I'm not a fan. I'm fine if you want to call it a 50-burger. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say he had 50 points. Fantastic. 45 minutes. He played 45 minutes in the game as well. There's another stat. A fantastic series on top of it. So this yeah. wasn't just like a big shot and you know him puffing out his chest. This was five straight games of him dominating this other team and then really put an exclamation point on it at the end. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, there, there's no secret about the the um the bad blood between him and Russ. Right. Like, you know, we we've we've all seen that clip of Russ at the free throw line telling Dame he's been busting his ass for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so and 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 you know, speaking about how you know shit's been going for this year's Lakers, like you know, Russ has been kind of kind of on the receiving end of that. Like, I feel like that that pendulum has swung back his way for all the shit talking he used to do. Yeah, I cannot believe that fucking that 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 roast that the minnesota timberwolves did to him oh that game God. where cat was where cat did that whole fucking stand-up act when he caught that air ball of all like, people for carl anthony towns to start clowning you it's, you just gotta pack yeah, it up and go I yeah know. like he doesn't clown any fucking body that's not his thing but but yeah that pendulum for sure is swinging back but yeah that was that was kind of you know the subtext here the, the the background you know the stage that was set it's there was bad blood between russ and dame you know um you know russ had 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 been the one 
talking shit at least to where we could hear. No telling mm-hmm. if Dane was you know was returning fire, but we don't really have that audio footage or whatever. But yeah, it, we all knew that you know there was bad blood between Russ and Dame, and you know that for sure added another layer. Here. What do you think of that beef? Where do you think it came from? What do you, why do you think it started? And why did why does why do you think Russ had it out for Dame so much? Just probably just two California point guard shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like like you know we saw you know Jason Kidd and and, and Gary Payton had the same type right. of friendly. Their rivalry was more friendly. You know mm-hmm. their homies and all that. Mm-hmm. But there, I don't think there's anything friendly about Dame and Russ's rivalry. But yeah, I, I I think that's just it. You know, some California point guards in the same conference. You know being in each other's way in the playoffs like we saw with this series so you know i think that's where it stemmed from it really it really was it had been building up for for over a year but then really mm. through this series was really hitting or crescendo right up until this moment and, and that that wave is just a hundred percent to russ and that's just so cold that's just the, it's honestly it's the cold i think it's the coldest thing i've ever seen in an nba game in my entire life mm-hmm. yes yeah, as, as far as like walk off shot celebrations i don't even know if you want to call it a celebration because it was so damn cool it was, <laughs> right like right like celebrations usually you got to lose yourself a bit like you know we all love mj you know pumping his fist after right. you know hitting the game went over craig elo and all that but this shit was just cool man yeah, it was the, the the look on his face wasn't yeah i got him it was right. i told y'all it was, <laughs> it was it was it was y'all better stop playing with me i do this <laughs> you know you're really you're absolutely right that is the word it was it's the coolest thing ever 37 feet that's the tape measure mm. that's the distance people say 37 foot shot and paul george is six inches taller than dame as well two other stats to add onto this pile yeah. which i find impressive the last stat that i think no not many people bring up Paul George was a four-time all-defensive team, two second teams, two firsts, finished third in Defensive Player of the Year voting that season, and got six votes for Defensive Player of the Year, the winner, and Dame really put it in his eye. Paul George tried to be a hero, tried to pick up Dame, and Dame just got him. Yeah, yeah. And and he won um, the Hater of the Year Comment Award after that shot, too. <laughs> Where he just said, that's a bad shot. You know, basically just chalking it up to luck. No, Dame busted your ass. Like, I think the stats say that Dame is the best, like, 30-plus foot shooter in the league. Like, a lot of people think that's Steph, you know. But I think I'm pretty sure that Dame has, like, the best shooting percentage, you know, at at the highest volume from, from beyond 30. That's what he does, man. Great point. It brings us to our next credential. You mad. Did this moment piss anybody off? Rob, play my Cameron clip. Paul George was super big, Matt. Exactly to your point, Dragonfly. Here is the clip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a bad, bad shot. Um, <laughs> care what anybody says. That's a bad shot. Uh, but hey, he made it. That story won't be told. That it was a bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I want to I want to play it one more time because there's a little puff of air at mm-hmm. the top of this. Like he's really trying to to dismiss this moment as like pure luck. Let's listen to it once more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a bad, bad shot. That right um, there. That little. <laughs> he to yeah. me, he's so clearly trying to paint this as luck. He's so angry that he's on camera being asked this question, and I love it. I love the yeah. fact that this pissed him off. 
Yeah, and and he's full of shit too. First and foremost, because <laughs> because this is the shot that made Paul George realize he couldn't get it done in Oklahoma City. Right? right. We all know about the uh, That's about the coup. Right. Uh, yeah, we all know about the coup that Kawhi pulled, where where he you know mm-hmm. to, uh, told the Clippers, if you get Paul George, you get me. Right. right. So Paul George had to do some soul searching in that moment. Right. He was like, is can I win it all here? Is oh can we can we get you know to 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 that O'Brien in Oklahoma City? He realized no, and it was a smart decision. <laughs> I'm not piling on him for that, right. but you can't you can't change your whole day destiny <laughs> your whole career path your whole life path and then say you did it because of some lucky shit that happened to you no bro <laughs> that shot altered your whole fucking life that was not destiny that was ordained dude perfectly said and i love in the quote he goes that story will be told what are you talking about what's no, the, no one's telling that <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about him busting your ass we're gonna talk about how lucky that was we're gonna talk about him busting your ass are oh, you sounding like a hater salty as fuck after that but that's what that's what we're gonna remember <laughs> Now, Dragonfly, <laughs> Dragonfly, you said this. You tweeted this. You public tweet. I'd like you to read this. This is in reference to Paul George. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. I look. I mean, you know, I, I I try to play the whole humble thing when you introduce me as being great at Twitter, but there's times I forget about tweets that I tweeted, and then I read them, and I laugh <laughs> like I didn't tweet them myself, and this is for sure one of them. I'd like okay. you to read this for the audience, please. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Remember how PG hated on Dame dotting his eye for that series clincher? Quote, it was actually a bad shot. Quote, okay, hating ass nigga, still end of your season. What's the square root of this apartment since you know every damn thing? <laughs> you know, a, a little, little shot to the Chappelle show there. So, yeah. It's perfect. It's great. It's a fantastic tweet. That's why you're so good at it. So the next credential is the eye test. What did you see in the video that goes beyond the stats? The the fact that, you know, Paul George was just a fingertip away from like yes. deflecting it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like that's what you want to see in a game winner. Like there's there's some artistry to mm-hmm. when someone hits a game winner and you know he touches fingertips with like the defender who was trying to block it. And it's too it looks like, you know, that that painting of like God creating Adam. Yes. you know f- 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 from the cloud and they're like just touching like their fingertips yes. like that's what it, it that's like the basketball version of that painting when you see someone nail a game winner and the defender was that close to you know deflecting it it was great defense like you can't even yeah. blame paul george he tried to be the hero he picked him up he did that that hard dribble sidestep but paul george was right there he really played yeah. great defense on a shot that you could argue was not normal like you you wouldn't pres- you wouldn't immediately presume that dame would take that shot pg was right there and still got beat yeah obviously the wave is a big part of it what did you think when you first saw him turn around and wave goodbye I shrieked like a little girl. Like, <laughs> like I, I shrieked because I just couldn't believe it because, you know, Dame has, um, you know, Dame has been talking his shit as of late. But at right. that point, Dame was kind of the quiet, self-spoken guy who you didn't hear a lot from and all that. And I do not mind him talking his shit at this point. Like, I'm very pro talking your shit. And, you know, I love when Dame <laughs> talks his shit. You know what I mean? So so that was that was something new from Dame. Like I said, it was super cool. And that was like the most emotion that we had kind of seen from Dame at that point. And it was just perfect shit talking. Exactly. The, the next thing, uh, the meme face, He put, you know, the, the team tackles him. They go to the floor. Dame in the moment, cool, calm, collected, finds the camera, stares right down the pipe, and just gives the best look at the peak. Mm-hmm. People are losing their minds. The, the, his teammates are losing their minds. The fans are going crazy. The music is pumping. The, the announcers are going nuts. And Dame looks right down the lens, stares right into our homes, into our mm-hmm. souls. It's such a perfect look. What did you think as you saw that? 
it, it's it's like the best like fourth wall breaking in like NBA yeah. history. Right? Yeah. Right? It's, it's it's like so like Jim Halpert on the Office couldn't hasn't broken the fourth wall better than, than Dame did for that. You know what I mean? It was just it was perfect. You know what I mean? He talked this shit to OK to OKC. He looked in the camera and gave us that moment. Like I said, like that that face was you, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't ex- excitement. It wasn't you know he couldn't believe that he did it. It was I'm a bad motherfucker. And y'all better stop playing around with me. This is what I do. <laughs> The in a society where we're constantly on this like everlasting hunt for social content, Damian Lillard creating created two compelling transcendent that go beyond basketball, beyond sports, transcendent memes in short order after the biggest, most iconic shot of his career. That's yeah. just that is in today's day and age, in today's sports fandom. I can't think of a better I can't think of a better reaction after a better moment. It's just a, a perfect marriage between those two. It was it, it was something uh, because cool is hard to pull off, man. Yes. It's not a lot of cool people out here. You know what I mean? Completely like agree. you know what I mean? Like if 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 someone like you know like if even if his teammate like CJ McCollum looked into the the camera like that, like everybody would just be clowning him and calling him Urkel on, on, on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like it's hard to be cool, and he pulled it off in like the most you know. The heat of the the hottest point of the heat in the moment, and he was just super cool. To that end, when when Damian Lillard actually makes the shot, if you go back and watch the clip, and if you haven't seen it in a while, go to the Instagram at First Ballot Hof, rewatch the clip when Dame makes the shot. Instead of throwing himself on the floor, jumping, screaming, flexing his muscles, he actually closes his mouth. He, mm-hmm. he he doesn't open his mouth anymore. He closes his mouth. He doesn't even clench down. He just patiently and calmly closes his mouth. And it's just obscene, the amount of control that you would need. In my head, he had to know he was going to do that because he was so prepared to relax and to calm down, to be cool. Yeah, he he's he's a better man than me because... I would have gotten like some FCC fines in that moment. <laughs> like, like it would have been bleepity bleep bleep bleep. Get these motherfuckers out of here. Fuck these people. Get these bums the fuck out of Portland. Like I would have been going crazy, bro. His face was so fascinating to watch and to look mm-hmm. at that I went and spoke. I found an industry leading microfacial expression expert. Annie Sarnblad. She's a fascinating woman. She's worked for Fortune 500 companies. She goes in with Fortune 500 companies into negotiations. She sits across the table from other companies and reads their faces as they're in the middle of a negotiation and tells the company, you can ask for more money. You can get more out of them. She's She can read your face without you saying a word. I looked her up. I found her. I, I had Annie watch Damian Lillard's wave and give me her breakdown on his facial expressions, here's what Annie had to say. First of all, can we just talk about his bone structure? The man is beautiful. <laughs> I don't know much about sports, but I do know about men. He's quite the specimen. <laughs> okay, right out of the gate, we know that Annie finds Damian Lillard attractive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, he, he's a good-looking guy, and unfortunately, you know, a uh, harsh truth is to be cool, you have to be good looking. You know what I'm saying? Great point. Great <laughs> you know what point. I mean? Yeah, you uh, have to be good looking to be a, to a, be cool. That goes ahead and that is a world class point. If he's a super ugly looking guy, this yeah. moment doesn't carry the same sort of weight and gravity. I love that ad. Uh, 
the reason I played that clip is because Annie, she tells you she doesn't know anything about sports. She does not follow sports. She did not watch the game. The first time she's seeing this, she's giving us her read on his face. So she does not know about the backstory mm. with Russ. She does not know yeah. what Dame's been through in his career. Let's hear what Annie has to say when she's talking about the faces that Dame made during the moment. He shows some satisfaction and pride. And there's a moment where he kind of like lifts his chin and he stretches himself and does this um, thing with his chest sometimes where he just like pumps it out, just a micro expression, which is almost like that beating of the chest. Like, look, I, it, it's, a, it's a show of dominance and it's, it's beautiful. And he does this expression, which is like, you see, and this is very reserved. This is a warrior coming right off the battlefield and still keeping it close to the vest. But, but there is that, you see, like that's, there's that dominating, I told you so. Like, did you, did you ever doubt me? Spot on. It's, it's, it really is. And it's amazing to think about how facial expressions are a real language. And whether you mean to or not, you are telling a story with your face. Yeah. And that she can pick it up as someone that studied this for years is just fascinating to me. I also asked her to look at and break down the meme face when Dame's staring straight into the camera. Here's what she had to say. That's a facial expression of somebody who has been through the ringer and uh, is not, he's not letting his armor down even now, even like mid celebration. It's almost like he's still planning his next, his next move, his next battle. That's not that unusual in that a lot of people who reach that level of, I mean, he's like poetry in motion when you watch him move. That is that is not just innate that he was born with, that he has worked his ass off for that. And so the determination that has led him to where he is now is going to lead him to wherever he's going. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for someone who doesn't know anything about Dame, like she nailed it. You know what I mean? The, the, the kid out of the under-recruited kid out of Weber State That's has gone right. on to be, you know, perhaps the second best point guard in the league, you know, at, when he's at his best behind Steph. Yeah, so so she nailed it. And, you know, like we said, that was a moment of, you know, y'all better stop playing with me. I'm that guy. I don't know what the fuck this Russ dude was talking about, <laughs> but I'm the real deal. You know what I mean? It was it, it wasn't an I arrived moment. It's I've been here and y'all better recognize moment. You know what I mean? Fantastic. The next credential is Twitter fingers. What are the world class tweets to come from this moment? John Murphan at 127 a.m. on April 24th. That's right after the game tweeted. My least favorite time is Dame time. Clearly an Oklahoma City fan. I appreciate that. KD Lang, a famous Blazer fan, tweeted. And KD Lang's a musician, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from like the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like, Great like that whole little fair crowd yeah. back in the 90s. Yeah. Great musician. I don't really know her work, but I know KD Lang. Great branding, her name. She tweeted, you are a mountain, Damian Lillard. Great, poetic, perfectly written. That's poetic as fuck. And then there's another. My other favorite tweet from this moment was, Russ has been trying Dame for a minute, and Dame finally went Ralphie from a Christmas story on his ass. That tweet is from Dragonfly Jones. Yeah, that was it, man. It, you know, it was it was festering up. You know what I mean? Like he unleashed hell on him that game. But you know, and after after he beat Russ's ass, you know, it was just you know cool, calm, and collected. When you see a moment, when you're watching a game. Are you thinking of tweets live? Are you thinking, like, when you see a moment like this happen, do you go, oh, I got to race on Twitter and write something funny? Like, what is your process when you're watching a game and you're thinking about building your sort of Twitter following? 
Yeah, I, I just I just tweet whatever comes to mind. You usually, you know, especially during the playoffs, like I'm usually always like sipping on something, you know, yeah. might have a joint rolled up. So so you know, I my my thinking is a little <laughs> next level due to the, <laughs> you know due to the influences that I'm under. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 just you know it's the same shit I, I say you know when I'm watching the games with my homies and all that in person. So yeah. The next credential is test of time. This is comparing our moment against other moments that are like it in history. In the history of NBA, there have been seven walk-off game-winning, series-winning buzzer beaters. The first was in 1986. Ralph Sampson beat the Lakers. We will not discuss that here as it is an anti-Laker moment. I also believe it was complete bullshit. Ralph Sampson just threw the ball up in the air and it went in. We won't give it any time here. (laughs) Michael Jordan has two of these. 1989, Jordan over Elo with the shot, of course, legendary, iconic. And then again in 93, Jordan beat the Cavs with the shot part two. Brutal for the Cavs fans to have to go through the shot and the shot part two. 1997, John Stockton beat the Rockets. Do you remember that clip? Yeah, when he was jumping around like a dork after it. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about coolest celebrations here. That is on the other end of the spectrum. That is the lamest series ending game winning celebration I've ever seen in my life. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Let's listen to it for a moment. Russell will inbound at half court. Uh-oh. Stockton, open three. Hit it! John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals. I can see it. I, I, I can see him flopping around like a fish out of water right in my mind without even seeing the clip. Just just hearing the audio. Even having Greg Gumbel just scream in the middle like he got stuck by a knife uh, is is adds to the nerdiness of that moment. Yes. Hopping around in those little-ass booty shorts, man. Get your weak ass out of here, John. Dame Lillard has two. He beat the Rockets in 2014. Of course, the wave. I think the one to discuss, though, is Kawhi's quadruple bounce. Here it is. Oh, yeah. It's off to Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Which is the better moment, Kawhi um, or Dame? You, you you know, going off how remarkable it is that Dame was just so cool in this moment. Like, look at how Kawhi reacted in that. Yes. That is the most emotion we have ever, ever. seen from Kawhi. Ever. 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 And that dude is a fucking robot. He's a T-1000. <laughs> He's a right? Like, he, <laughs> he is emotionless, bro. And he <laughs> gave us the most emotional moment that we've ever seen from him after he hit a series winner. And Dane was just, you know, cool as a cucumber, man. That's so, right. So, yeah. So, so like, like if you want to look at how I, – I don't know if you can say how hard it is to be cool or how right. innately – in you it is to yes be cool. it has to be exactly right, right. I, I i think that's like a perfect example if you juxtapose that with Kawhi, Kawhi's reaction i'd say that's a brilliant ad to compare those two you see precisely how cool and collected and just cold as ice dame had to be right. in that moment because on the exact opposite end of the spectrum Kawhi loses his mind from a guy that never does that that's a brilliant ad i completely agree with you the what I love about that clip is that you can hear the ball bounce four times yeah. on that rim before it goes in. Just just a fantastic shot. Um, Dragonfly, you tweeted once with Wade and Dirk gone. I think Steph is probably the only player in the league now who's more loved by his team city than Dame is. Do you still believe yeah. that? 
Still wholeheartedly believe that. Yes. Um, Dame is Portland basketball. He's the greatest player in, in that franchise's history. Um, you, you know, he just he means so much. Late. And you see how he's just digging in the trenches like, you know, he's got one of the worst rosters in the league. And he's like, I'm still bugging it out. I'm still here. I'm still a Portland lifer. Um, you know, I might not agree with that. I have been wanting Dame to run from the grind forever. Like, I, I think he's a player who deserves to get a ring, who deserves Agreed. to be in a good situation where, where he can maximize his talents and become a champion. But, you know, it ain't for me to, to say, you know, if that's how he wants his career to go, if that's how he wants his life to go, then, you know, more power to him. I believe I don't he's care. a mountain of a man, as Portland <laughs> KD Lang said. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care so much about what Dame wants. I want Dame to know what I want and what yes. I want and what the fans want. The NBA fans in, on this planet want to see that guy compete on the biggest stage for the biggest prize. I don't care what jersey he's wearing. I mm. want to see what he does in a final series. I want to see that guy in a game seven. I want to see it come down to the buzzer and I want to see what he does. I feel yes. like we deserve that. Yes. Yes. 50 point finals. Dame is for sure. Some shit that would set the fucking, you know, NBA world on fire. And I don't know, we might not get it, man. Maybe he'll switch his tune, but um, you know, Tom's a ticking man. He, you know, he's, he's coming up on, on he's in his early thirties now. And mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't, he, you know, he was a bit injury, you know, late in this season, but I don't know, man. I'm not at all saying the window has closed on name because he's a phenomenal player. He's such a, you know, ceiling raiser, you know, whenever he's out there. But ah, like I said, the, like I totally agree with you. The selfish part of me wants him in a better situation. There's something about Portland, too, in that him staying in Portland to play for the Blazers, particularly if he stays there the rest of his career and they don't ever compete for a title and he doesn't win a title – I don't know what it is, but staying in Utah is like like Malone and, and Stockton staying in Utah. It's like corny. Like, I don't care. Reggie Miller mm -hmm. in Indiana. Like, it doesn't matter. But there's something about the city of Portland that for him to stay there, if he does it, and I, I, I would rarely say this, but I won't hold it against him. There's something cool about him playing in Portland, him wearing those colors, him wearing that jersey. I would love it if he left because I'd love to see him compete for a title. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to hold it against him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the Blazers are, are like a cool organization, you they know, are. first and, and, and foremost. You know what I mean? Like their jerseys are fucking beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I love their logo. Did you know their logo is supposed to? It's it's like the their logo is like the only abstract logo yes. in all the sports. Yes, you're like exactly it's, right. It's, it's the, the the swirls are five players on one team and five players on the other team. It's supposed to like represent the synergy of basketball. It's beautiful. And I love that shit. I love yeah, it. It's a beautiful logo. It really is. Um, yeah, you, you 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 know the Blazers are cool. They're a cool franchise. They're not the swaggerless ass Jazz with those <laughs> fucking Coors Light can jerseys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know that there, there is something there that you know like. It, I'm sure it's a better life that he carves out for himself, you know, being a Portland lifer than like a Utah lifer for sure. The next credential is the MVP. What's the most valuable part of this moment? Dragonfly, what's the most valuable part? Is it the shot? Is it the wave? Is it the face, the meme face at the end? Um, I think it's the wave. I got to go with the wave. I, I, I think the wave is that is like the most 
emotion he showed in that moment mm-hmm. and it was just so fucking cool and badass and it was you know get the fuck out of here it was <laughs> you know don't ever come over here with that bullshit ever again and it was just yeah yeah the way for sure gets my vote man. i brought you on here i wanted us to disagree i felt like the disagreement could create some tension in the podcast and be electric <laughs> I completely agree with you. I don't. I, I. I think it's the wave, and I think you can make a real case for the shot. The shot is thirty-seven feet. He really bounces hard, leaps high, shoots it long. It go, it's a. It's a gorgeous shot. But when he ter- went to gather yourself and to turn, he was also walking away as he turns around to wave goodbye, and he really gives it that like closed hand, like slapping hand, yeah. like goodbye, like a really strong, it wasn't like that, you know, sort of that, wagging your hand back the, and forth. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the way like actors on Broadway wave to the audience <laughs> right. after, you know, during curtain call, you know what I mean? Like it was a real theater kid ass, you know, wave in the coolest fucking way. It's really, it's really a fantastic moment. The next credential is the X factor. Is there something else that's not stats that you don't see on the page? It's not in the video. What's the X factor that adds to this moment's greatness? I'd like to pitch you an idea here. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. Chris Haynes, Yahoo reporter, Dame Lillard's guy, puts out a story after the shot. I want to read from that story. Damian Lillard invited a few people to his home for dinner on Monday night to watch game four of the first round series between the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. For several minutes, the Portland Trailblazers star guard sat quietly on his sofa, chowing down on fried catfish, red beans and rice and broccoli. And then suddenly he spoke. I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers tomorrow. (laughs) God damn. Can this dude get any fucking cooler, man? God damn. Chris Haynes reports that Dame Lillard says, I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers tomorrow. And the thing I can't get over is not that he called his shot. It's not that he said, I'm going to get rid of these dudes tomorrow. It's that Chris Haynes had to check back in with Damian Lillard as he's Mm -hmm. writing this story and go, are you cool with me including this soundbite when you said I'm getting rid of these motherfuckers tomorrow? And Dame must have texted him back and been like, Sure. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, just got to go ahead and dance on their, their grave a little more with that, for sure. <laughs> and, yeah, and I appreciate them for that because that's the fucking story, man. It's, um, you know, it's, it, it's a defining moment not only for Dane, but in the course of NBA history. It was a shot that shook up the landscape of the NBA. Um, because you know we we talk about how you know Kawhi pulled the coup with yep. with 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 Paul George. It was you you know what I'm saying. Like I mentioned, Paul George had to realize I cannot get it done here in Oklahoma City. You're he right. went to the to Oklahoma City front office. Oklahoma City front office. They were faced with a you know an ultimatum here. Like, do we you know stay with Paul George? Mm-hmm. Or is is this roster Paul George, Russ, and and the other guys are they good enough to win a championship? Or if we blow it up now. You know, we will never get more return right. than we will if we blow it up now. So that was the 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 you know ultimatum. You know, the, the the dilemma they were faced with, and of course we know what they choose they chose. And I do believe they chose the right thing, as I mentioned earlier. And it's 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 it changed the whole landscape of the NBA. It kept Kawhi from being a Laker. Kawhi wanted to go back to LA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know him him with with Bron and and AD. I don't. God damn, like <laughs> like like they're winning fucking seventy eight games a year if, if all if those guys stay healthy. And then you know um. 
and 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 Russ and what it did to Russ. Like this was this started the the downfall of Russ. Yes, man. Russ became a man without a country after this. You know, he is he's the greatest player in Oklahoma City history. He's not the best. Kevin Durant is the best, but uh, Russ meant so much to that organization more than any other player. Right, like he threw that fucking franchise on his back and had the triple double season, got the MVP the season after KD left. You know what I mean? He's the greatest Oklahoma City Thunder player ever, and he's just a man without a country now. It, it's you know he he went to three teams in three seasons after that went to Houston, Washington, LA might be four teams in four seasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. After the way if we'll see how it shakes down after this year and it 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 sent Russ down his downward spiral. It 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 ended the era of the Oklahoma City, you know, being a a, a playoff contender, you know, at um and it it, it it sent Paul George and Kawhi to LA. It it totally shifted the landscape of the NBA. It really ended the Oklahoma City Thunder in the player empowerment era. I'm not certain another star will ever choose Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, ever again. You could make the argument that Oklahoma City is never a contender again. And that this moment is the start of that entire process and that de-evolution of the OKC Thunder. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know... Um, you know, I totally agree with everything you said there about how, you know, they will never be a hotbed free agent destination. Never. And I think Sam Presti is fully aware of that. And he's moving that way with, with you know, all the stockpiling of the assets that he's making. And, and you know, the, the, the tank job that they're putting on, you know, Chet Holmgren coming up this uh, year in the draft. Fucking Victor Wimbanyama, you know, mm-hmm. the, the 7'2 kid out of France who is on fucking believe. He's looking like the best prospect perhaps since Braun, maybe. Like, you know, he's going to be on the board 2023. You know what I mean? And and Sam Presti is going the total. He is Sam Presti is moving in reality. He's not going the way Danny Ainge, where I ah, will get him in free right. agency. No, the fuck you won't. You better put, right? If you want to trade for somebody, you know what I mean? You better, you know, get those assets out there and get that guy on your roster. Right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm curious to see how Sam Presti is going to flip all these assets because, like I said, he's not moving in that delusion of, right. of Oklahoma City, right. you know, being a major player in free agency. Right. The next credential is the voting committee. The voting committee is made up of friends of the pod who make the case for or against our moment. The first member of our voting committee tonight is Amara Baptist. She runs the digital and social content for the Blazers. She did it at the time she was at this game. Let's hear what Amara has to say. Damian Lillard's bye-bye wave should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. I personally, on my wedding day, am going to do that um, (laughs) down the aisle. So I know it's something that's really special for me, and it's going to be um, a part of my special day at some point in 30 years. But I'm going to bring it back. I personally you know, was watching the game from the media row. When Dame hit the shot, I blacked out completely backed out for about 10 seconds. And then I came to and I was like, oh shit, I have to work now. I actually didn't see the wave when it happened. That was a nice little surprise after the fact. And um, I'd also like you to consider CJ's small wave after he saw Dame do the wave. I think that was also something perfect that added to the moment that will go down in history. Amazing that she's at the game, she's working the game, and because the place goes nuts, she never actually gets to see the iconic part of this, the wave or the face. Yeah. In a strange way, it's awesome that she was there, she got to experience it live, and it's also very cruel that she had to wait to see all of that online. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's why I often say that, like, you know, going to sporting games in person is overrated because, you know, you have the best seat in your house in your living room, you know what I mean? So we caught all that shit in real time as it happened. And yeah, it was a moment, man, for sure. The next credential, Dragonfly Jones, is the cosign. This is the moment 
where you get to answer this question. Should the Damian Lillard wave make the first ballot Hall of Fame and why? Dragonfly Jones, the floor is yours. Yes, it absolutely should make the first ballot Hall of Fame unanimously as at that. And like we mentioned, it is a super cool moment on a great shot. Um, you know, it is a shot that that won a playoff series It's a shot that blew up an entire franchise It's a shot that um, derailed the career of an MVP. It's a <laughs> shot that, you know, kept Kawhi from being a Laker. It's a it, it, it's it's just so many layers to it. And beyond that, it was a beautiful play it's beautiful you know visually aesthetically you know what i mean with 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 how paul george was that close to making a play on it you know it's beautiful with with how fucking cool dane was with the wave and then the i told you so face you know what i mean it just (laughs) it clicks all the boxes it's everything you would want a moment like that to be where a team is you know sending another team home and as we saw it totally unraveled that franchise dragonfly jones thank you so much the next credential is the induction speech. That's when I, Neil, get to decide <laughs> and decide alone whether this moment makes the first ballot Hall of Fame. Dragonfly, I could take everything you've just said. I could take this entire conversation, throw it right in the garbage, and decide against this moment. Are you going to? I think Dame's wave is one of the most iconic moments in NBA history. And that's the word, iconic. Words get thrown around all the time, but they mean something. Iconic is the right word. I truly believe. It is a top 10 NBA moment of all time. We will be seeing that moment in highlight packages until all of us are dead, in the ground, dead and gone. The breakdown. Damian Lillard's wave is essentially Steph Curry's 40-footer to beat OKC in terms of the majesty of the shot, Yeah. combined with Jordan over Elo in terms of it ending the game in a first-round playoff series at the buzzer in an iconic fashion with, at the end, the panache of an Iverson over Lou finishing move in the wave goodbye. You add in the Russ and Dame beef, plus Lillard calling a shot like Babe Ruth. It does not get better. I'm proud to open this show and open the first bout Hall of Fame with the Damian Lillard wave. Congratulations, Damian. Congrats to Russ and Paul George, too. You guys are part of this. And so are you, Dragonfly Jones, my first guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you having me, man. Pleasure as always, brother. Thank you, sir. What do you have to plug? What where can people follow you? Tell tell people how to to, to follow what you're doing. Yeah, man. Follow me on at Dragonfly Jones on Twitter. Um, as mentioned, I do the Jenkins and Jones podcast with my homies Legetto Jenkins and Mike Gardabasio. So on Colin Cowherd's The Volume Network. So give that a listener too if you if pods are your thing. It's a fantastic show. You gotta listen to Appreciate it. And it, certainly follow the man on Twitter. He's the best. He is the best. Dragonfly, thank you so much again for being on the show. I appreciate it. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Credits. First Ballad is edited by the best editor I know, Rob Arucci. Produced by the talented Jessica Sang. Additional written materials from comedian Tawanda Gona. Music by my main man, Rhythm J. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Show logo by Mr. Rob Harskamp. Special thanks to Dave Easton and Andrew Goldstein, Michael Torpy, J. LaPlante, Amara Baptist, and of course, the mighty, mighty Dragonfly Jones. First Ballot is on Instagram, at First Ballot HOF. Rate and review us or whatever, and come back next week for another episode. This is First Ballot. 